Time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. If one man can destroy everything, why can't one girl change it? Malala Yousafzai Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Shop Productions, we bring this program to the airways as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Work charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Story You Are wants to thank everyone who's volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. That's www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts and we use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Salutations, I'm Chelsea, your host for today's show. And I'm Julia. This show is going to be amazing. We're going to talk about what teens really want. In segment one, Kirthi will be presenting us a teen's guide to what teens really want, non-teens and teens. In segment three, Kirthi and I will be discussing this topic some more. And right now, I'm going to tell you about how, as a teen, you can start your own social initiative. Hello, hello. I'm Julia Howe, as I said before, and your backstage pass to Paction in Action, where we talk about passion, innovation, and entrepreneurship. Today, we're flipping the script on what teens want and talking about how to actually make social initiatives happen. People always, like, glorify the ideation process, like it's some light bulb moment and you go to sleep and wake up the next morning with a 16-page detailed proposal. But it takes weeks to just think, months of brainstorming to come up with absolutely nothing. The key to idea generation is, first, identifying a problem. Every solution has to have a problem first. And in a way, every initiative, business, or club is a solution to a problem. Maybe it's combating climate change, or maybe it's there are no cute rainbow hair ties. Have a problem list before you try to idea generate. Number two, don't dismiss any ideas. Play around with them. Go down avenues even if the original idea seems a little crazy. You'll often get led to unexpectedly brilliant ideas. Next step, how do we make this idea a reality? For example, if you're trying to make a nonprofit, is a thing you're selling majority online? Maybe it's an online website of resources or a blog. The online format is definitely the more easier and accessible one. The other kind is doing something real in the physical world, like food drives, charity races, and so much more. Both can have equal impact, and you can take a hybrid approach and integrate both mediums. Third, one of the most important steps is building your team. 
Oftentimes, the success of initiative relies less on the actual idea and more about finding the right people. There's a super popular saying in the business world about not investing in businesses, but investing in people. You can't make a meaningful impact working completely alone. It won't detract from your work at all if you find time for people you trust. Not just your friends, though. Let's go over everything we have so far. Shout out to Olivia Jong with her nonprofit Cancer Kids First for her great detailed resources that she let me use for this show. So, a review. Number one, you need a unique name. You can Google other nonprofits with a mission similar to yours and look at what their names are. Also, a logo and a mission statement, which is basically everything you do with your organization and should center around this mission statement. Um, Make sure it's not too specific or too general. The second thing you need, like I said before, is a leadership team. But you got to think about what roles do you need? Who do you want on your team? And how are you going to lead them all? Number three is what's your service programs? What services are you going to offer? And how is yours different from other organizations? Number four is how you're going to connect or reach your target service group. Who will you work with? Hospitals, churches, schools, shelters, libraries, other nonprofits, and so much more. Number five. How are you going to reach volunteers? Are you going to keep it in a local area or are you going to expand nation or worldwide? Here's some great tips while thinking about these. Leadership applications are a great way to spread your organization. You can get people from different schools and different areas and have them repost and share information about your nonprofit when you're just not lunching. Social media is also a fantastic method. Instagram and TikTok are the big ones. For Instagram, follow organizations or accounts with a similar mission as yours and do shoutouts for shoutouts. For TikTok, find people who have the face for TikTok and have gone viral before and know how to play the trends. I personally run a small organization called Hitting the Wall where we provide resources to teen girl endurance athletes. And you can follow us at Hitting the Wall Podcast on Instagram, shameless promotion. We found so much success just by DMing people. Now we have partnerships in Hong Kong, 15 other organization partners, and a tutoring organization interested in spreading our content. That's all from like one sentence from a DM on Instagram. Finally, I've said this before, cold email and cold DM. Do not underestimate how much people are willing to give to high school students who are just there to ask for it. It's about being persistent and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And obviously your idea is gonna change. Maybe it's too expensive to do such and such program, or maybe the podcast you want to do is too difficult to schedule and you got to do a blog instead. This is where the team of people you built can come in and share their thoughts. Also, rule when you're DMing people, get them on calls. You'll be surprised by how many people know people who could be so valuable in your pocket. You find connections in the most unexpected places. As a teenager, we're often told that we can't really do anything to make an impact. But really, we can harness our youth to our advantage. You don't have to wait a moment to begin generating ideas or networking or making change in the world around you. It's time to show the world what teens really want. Thank you so much, Julia, for that awesome segment. That was amazing, and I learned so much. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this segment. Make sure you stay tuned for our next segment, where I will be talking about what teens want and how parents can help them. We want to hear your thoughts, and we want to answer your questions. So email us at info at beatastoryworld.org. That's info at beatastoryworld.org. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.beatastoryworld.org. 
You can get involved with Be The Store You Work charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter and make a donation to Be The Store You Work. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com and the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Kyothi, your host for today's show, and I'm here with my co-host, Julia. And this show is all about what teens really want. For this segment, we have yours truly. Salutations from your local Express Yourself debate, dude. See, I can't say the word nerd extraordinaire because technically this isn't a nerd extraordinaire segment. So that means that I can't say the word nerd extraordinaire because, because I said so. Because it's illegal. I didn't know why, but I'm not allowed to say it. Sigh. High school. Well, you can tell how different high school is from middle school. You know what I'm incredibly sad about? I have to wait until September to join the debate club. Until then, I have to wait for like a whole month, which is sad. Remember last year when I was so excited to start debate season? Needless to say, I don't really like high school. There was way too many people, the hallways were crowded and noisy, and each class gives you a boatload of homework and expects you to finish it all in one day, and now I can't wait for Thanksgiving break. And it's August. And I can't even wait for the weekend, even. I just can't wait for a break from this craziness. I'm really starting to regret taking all my summer break free time for granted. And now I wish that I had summer break free time right now. Anyway, it's bad transition time! High school has teens in it. Today's show is about what teens want, therefore the previous topic I just talked about is relevant to the show's topic. Yippee! 
ladies and gentlemen, esteemed adults, and fellow young souls who are still excited about life. Today, I stand before you to unravel the elusive mysteries of the teenage mind. Brace yourselves, because we're diving headfirst into the intriguing world of what teens really want. Every teen is different in their own way, and they have their own independent hopes and dreams and fears. However, throughout my newly acquired high school experience, I've come to realize that there's a certain trajectory teens go by. Now, why is this important? For the fellow teens watching, or rather listening to this segment, understanding what you want can help you achieve your goals, because you can't achieve your goals if you don't know what they are. Obviously. So maybe this segment diving into the common teen's mind can help you realize your potential and what goals you want to set for yourself. However, this guide is mainly for the non-teens, i.e. the adults listening. Now for the non-teens listening, this can be a guide to help your child or sibling or friend or any teen who's related to you in some way achieve their goals. Basically, it helps teens achieve goals in general. First and foremost, let's talk about the most coveted treasure of all. Independence. Picture it, a teenager emerging from the cocoon of childhood, fluttering their wings and ready to take on the world. They yearn for the freedom to make their own choices, even if those choices lead to mismatched socks or spontaneous road trips to nowhere. You know, that magical moment when we morph from being our parents' adorable sidekicks into these, you know, semi-functioning human beings who can almost make a sandwich without burning the kitchen down. Wow! We want to spread our wings, even if we're not entirely sure where the wind is blowing us. So, let's give teens a GBS for life and watch them navigate the unpredictable highways of adult adulthood. Even if teens aren't exactly responsible enough to be trusted with independence, refusing to give a teen something just makes them want it even more. So even if you're a parent, maybe give your teen a small taste of freedom and maybe show them how freedom would not work in their favor and show them that they're not responsible enough to get freedom. That is, only if they're not responsible enough. But wait, there's more. Freedom and adventure are like oxygen to teens. We're all about experiencing life beyond the walls of school and homework. Skydiving, backpacking, or just trying a new type of sandwich. Anything that feels like an adrenaline rush, or at least a sugar rush, is on the teen bucket list. Teens crave experiences that defy the ordinary, that test their mettle and broaden their horizons. Whether it's conquering the highest peak on a mountain, or trying exotic foods that would make even the bravest among the squints, we're all about living life on the edge. Now, let's delve into the digital realm, shall we? Technology is the wizard's wand of our time, and teenagers are its most ardent apprentices. From Snapchat streaks to viral memes, the online presence is as intricate and intriguing as a complex magical spell. The constant connection, the emoji-filled conversations, the ability to turn a basic selfie into a work of art, these are the treasures they seek in the digital realm. Teens and their gadgets are like inseparable BFFs who share every moment together. A teen without a smartphone is like a peanut butter sandwich without the jelly. It's just incomplete. Social media, memes, and gifs are our modern-day hieroglyphics, and we need to decode them to understand our teens' secret languages. But don't be fooled. The digital landscape doesn't eclipse the need for good old-fashioned human interaction. In fact, teens hunger for social connections that go beyond likes and retweets. They want friendships that can weather the stormiest of Snapchat stories and the most embarrassing of group selfies. Let's encourage an environment where they can form these connections, 
the kind that lasts longer than the latest app update. Teens want to be a part of a tribe, a squad, if you will, where they can discuss everything from the latest fashion trends to decoding the hidden meanings in Taylor Swift's lyrics. Inclusion is the magic word here. Remember, a teen's social life is like a plant. You need to water it with understanding, sunlight, and, well, the occasional pizza party. But amidst all this adventure and self-discovery, teens also long for something that's as simple as it is profound. Recognition and respect. They're no longer kids, but they're not quite adults, and navigating this liminal space can be like walking a tightrope. They want their thoughts, opinions, and emotions to be acknowledged, even if they're dressed up in the form of a meme or a TikTok dance. It's about validating their existence as they navigate the treacherous waters of adolescence. Imagine if our thoughts were like currency. Teens would want to be the Warren Buffett of self-expression. They want their ideas, opinions, and feelings to be taken as seriously as the Netflix binge-watching sessions. Speaking of navigating, let's set our course towards the future. Teens are like modern-day alchemists, mixing their dreams with ambition to brew a potion of success. They want to forge paths that are as bold as a dragon's fiery breath, as resilient as a phoenix rising from the ashes. Teens are like little visionaries, complete with dream worlds and Pinterest-worthy goals. They want to achieve greatness and build careers as fascinating as a superhero's origin story. In conclusion, my fellow travelers, teenagers want a little bit of everything. Freedom to spread their wings, the canvas to paint their identity, the digital playground to showcase their uniqueness, an emotional safety net to cushion their fall, and finally, lots and lots of Wi-Fi. If you are a parent, be the lighthouses that guide them through the tumultuous seas of adolescence and ensure that they reach the shores of adulthood with their dreams intact and their spirits unbroken. Make sure your new teen superpowers conquer the choppy seas of teenagehood. What an amazing segment! Make sure to check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Buy books and t-shirts in our store and make a donation to Be The Star You Are. That's www.bethestarur.org. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel want to see what voice america is up to behind the scenes follow us on tiktok at voice america talk radio 
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm your host, Julia. And I'm Kirthi. Today's show is all about what teens want. Right now, Kirthi and I will be talking about the show's topic, which is what teens really want. So, Julia, I've always thought that there can't be possibly one thing that all teens in the world want. Every teen has their own individual personality, unique interests, and goals in life that vary from teen to teen. So what do you think about this? I completely agree. I mean, my own wants and wishes are so different from even my friends, and there are teens all over the world. We're not the same in any way. Exactly. I feel like that's what makes teens different, because they express themselves in so many ways. Because this is such a transitional phase of their life. Like, it's kind of very essential to express yourself. And I feel like we don't really see that in adults and children either. Like, we don't see them expressing themselves as much as teens do, and I think that that's because a lot of things that make teens unique is because of this kind of middle phase that they're in. Like, they're not children, but they're not quite adults either. I feel like that's really weird, because, like, like you don't know who you are. You don't know, like, what category you belong in. And, you know, adults theoretically are supposed to have it all together and settle down with a career. And, you know, children aren't supposed to have a career at all. And, you know, I know that a lot of adults don't have it together, but that's the theoretical definition of an adult. Like, an adult should have it all together. But when you're a teen, you don't have a career just yet, but you still have to take courses and extracurriculars accordingly to the career that you think you will succeed in, and you have to plan for your career. So it's a really uncertain phase of life, because nothing is secured. And I think that's why teens are so complicated, that's why we even have, like, a show like this, like, to help people understand teens. Because it's that hard to understand them, because they're in this kind of, like, middle phase of life. This, this like, not quite grown up, but not a baby anymore. So what do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like as a teenager, people treat you like a child, but you're also expected to act like an adult. The expectations are all over the place. And then there's such, like, a variety among teenagers. Like, a 13-year-old is nowhere close to, like, the maturity level of a 19-year-old. So, in general, teenage years are just really awkward. And also, school puts so much pressure on teenagers nowadays. The school system giving them homework and tests when we really just don't have anything figured out yet. So, it's difficult to make long-term choices about your career. Exactly. Like, you're supposed to have all the schoolwork being dumped on top of your head. And you're also supposed to, like, withstand, like, a social life and balance all the aspects of your life while having to do all this classwork and homework and all these, like, really hard courses. I feel like the world in general just really puts a lot of pressure on teens. Even you can even see that in, like, movies about teens in high school. Like, they'll have these, like, awesome social lives with like so many friends like hundreds and hundreds of friends but also they get into harvard like you they don't actually portray the struggle of being a teen and balancing all of these aspects of your life 
And that's just one of many complicated things that chains have to deal with. So, you know, this is just some philosophical contemplation. But going back to what I said about not all adults having it together, once you think about it, not everyone grows up at the same rate, which just adds to my previous point about how everyone is just unique. Like, the founder of McDonald's was 52 years old when he founded McDonald's, and he only succeeded in life when he founded McDonald's. He wasn't successful before. That's why I don't like teen movies that show you that you should be at your prime in high school, because high school is such a transitional stage and everyone moves at different paces. Like, you can be successful at the age of 5, or you can be successful at the age of 52. Like, it's not like how it is in the movies, where everyone is successful by the age of 30. You can still be figuring your life out, or maybe you already have your life figured out and you had it since you were like 10 years old. Teenagehood is just like a little glimpse into that transitional phase. So like everyone kind of moves at different rates. Definitely, I agree. And what's also so unrealistic about those like rom-com teenage shows is that they use actors who were like 35 to play 14-year-olds. I know, like... Obviously, this 35-year-old ripped, like, muscly guy is not really an accurate portrayal of, like, the average 15-year-old at your school. So it makes these movies kind of unrelatable in some ways, even though I still watch them because they're my guilty pleasure. I was, like, curious about how has high school been so far? Because I know you started six days ago. Um, What's the transition like? How is it different from middle school, in your opinion? So I feel like, first of all, there's like a lot more people than there are in middle school. Even though it's like only one grade higher, like one more grade. Like middle school has three grades in it. High school has four grades in it. Yet high school has like a million more people in it. And there's just, it's so hard to navigate between classes. The campus is so much bigger. And like making friends is so much harder because everyone is like, very intimidating like everyone who's older than you is so intimidating and very unapproachable so you can't make friends with them and then all the freshmen already have like pre-existing friend groups from middle school who and i transferred like all of my friends from middle school went to a separate school because i went to a school which is like a little bit more far away than another high school so none of my friends have come so i feel like it's different it's it's interesting And, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I have positive or negative feelings about high school. I feel like I need to spend some more time in it to, like, actually take a side. But I feel like there's two sides to it. Like, positive means, you know, you're finally getting that high school experience that you see in movies. You know, it's exciting, but at the same time, it's really scary. Definitely. I agree. I still remember my like transition into high school because I went to a very small middle school. So there were about 40 kids in my class. I knew everyone and everyone's like cousins. We were always having like hangouts at each other's houses. And then I went to high school and all of a sudden there were like hundreds of kids I had to introduce myself to. And it was just overwhelming and scary. Also, my high school was in a different area, so my middle school friends, I think maybe one person from my middle school went to my high school, and we weren't very close. And it was very stressful in the first few days trying to make new friends, trying to get to know people, especially, like, finding your classes. It's so embarrassing, because I remember on my second day of school, I walked into the wrong class. It was full of seniors, and I, like, wanted to disintegrate on the spot. And it's so awkward trying to, like, ask for directions 
and especially the upperclassmen, because they're basically like mythical figures when you're a <laughs> freshman. So I, I definitely can relate to that. And as a sophomore, it doesn't get better. The freshmen are still kind of bullied. Yeah, I feel like it's really hard to be a freshman in high school and, like, try to approach anyone. Like, I feel like it's not... I feel like before starting high school, I thought that when I'm a freshman, I can make friends with 10th graders, even if I can't make... Because technically, they're not upperclassmen yet, right? Like, maybe I, maybe the 11th and 12th graders are going to be intimidating. But when you look at the 10th graders, I guess you get this giant growth spurt when you turn 15 or something <laughs> like that. Like, they all look like they're, like, 21 years old, and they're, like, like a whole foot taller than me. And it's just very, very intimidating to even, like, go up to them and ask for directions, let alone be friends with them. So I feel like that's the high school experience. Like, I guess you have to experience these things and these embarrassments to be in high school. Yeah, it's like an initiation. Yeah, I feel like that. Oh, no, you can go ahead. Keep going, keep going. I'm just saying that the high school experience is, like, really glorified in these rom-coms and movies because, like, they see, they say that, like, if you meet a person, immediately you, like, become best friends with them. And it's really not like that in high school. Like, I feel like a lot, there are a lot of misconceptions. Like, you know, besides the 35-year-olds playing 15-year-olds, like... Besides that, there's a lot of, like, inaccuracies you can see in these TV shows and movies. And I feel like that's such a toxic thing to put, especially if you're, like, a middle schooler who is watching these shows and thinking that high school is actually like that. I feel like they shouldn't make shows like that because, like, you're supposed to be relating to these shows. That's why the that's why they have teen characters who are supposed to be like you. So if you put this, like, 35-year-old muscly guy... As, and say that he's a 15-year-old teenager, and then also, like, get, like, set all these unrealistic social standards that happen in high school. I feel like it's not something you should put in a middle schooler's mind, because that doesn't get them prepared for high school. That just gives them the completely wrong idea. I definitely agree. There are so many misconceptions in all those shows. Like, number one, how does everyone party over the t- all the time? Like, how does no one have homework? Exactly. I feel like when I come home from school, I don't have time to go party or go save the world or whatever. I I have to do my homework. I have to do my chores. I got to wash the dishes. Also, why don't these kids do chores? Like, I've <laughs> never seen a kid having to wash the dishes in these high school movies. And if they do, they're quickly interrupted by something else. Like, my mom would not stand for that. And I agree. There should be more, like, realistic um, adaptations of, like, these high school shows. But, and then again, it gets kind of boring if you're just watching your own life on the screen. I mean, I get to experience the true high school experience every day. (laughs) Yeah, so what do you think? What do you feel like would make a good teen show that isn't too unrealistic, but also isn't boring? So I feel like when it comes to shows, they they go on like, one of two extremes. Either the main character is this, like, awkward, quirky, like, supposedly relatable girl. But in real, like, she's supposed to be flawed, but she's not. And she's, she actually, she, like, she says that she's ugly, 
but everyone loves her. She says that she's awkward and no one likes her, but everyone wants to be friends with her. Like, I, I, I'm thinking of Bella Swan right now. Like, on the first day of school, like, she goes to school, she moves to this new town, everything is completely new, and then suddenly all of, like, everyone in the school wants to be friends with her, except this, like, one group of vampires, or whatever. And, like you said, exactly, it's like, like, she has all of this time to go and, like, fight vampires? Like, how about homework? She's supposed to be, like, a smart, nerdy kid. So they just tell us all this stuff instead of showing us that, hey, she's smart, that she has a lot of homework, blah, 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 blah. So I think that if there was a movie which could show rather than tell us about all of these things, about, you know, being awkward, getting embarrassed in front of the whole class, and stuff like that, instead of telling us, like, hey, I'm awkward, hey, I'm smart, hey, I have a lot of homework. Like, show us, like, show show us them doing the homework. I know that it sounds like a really boring movie, just someone doing the homework. But may, you, you could give, like, a plot to it, but actually show us that they have to do, they have to balance all of these things and also fight vampires. And, like, show them how all these things, like, overlap with each other. And how, like, she doesn't have time for fighting vampires. Like, maybe have her quit fighting vampires and, like, just break up with Edward and, like, move, <laughs> move I don't know, move to New Hampshire and, like, start a new... I don't know. Like, basically, I want, I want them to show and ra- rather than telling us all of these things. That's so funny. I definitely agree. I'm trying to picture Bella Swan being like, sorry, Edward, I can't go save the world. I need to do my Spanish homework or something like that. <laughs> Another thing that I've noticed is like the the character tropes. And often those are really problematic as well. Like the one off the top of my head right now is the really clumsy protagonist. Like she's perfect in every way. She's super smart, super beautiful. Just her one fatal flaw, she's super clumsy and always falling down. As if they were trying to think of the one thing they could make her that wouldn't make her relatable. Like, no one falls down as much as the clumsy protagonist does. Or, like, the manic pixie dream girl. That's, like, the pop culture phrase. That girl who, like, dances in the rain and smells all the flowers on her way to school. And somehow changes the actual main character's life through some sort of, like, romantic relationship. That's another one I'm thinking of. And then also... This is another one I saw recently in a show is the the protagonist who is always really hungry, but is also like extremely thin. Like she'll always be going on about how she eats like 10 pancakes for breakfast and she's always hungry. And I'm like, hmm, isn't it a little toxic to be saying that repeatedly when you're also like 95 pounds? Those are the ones off the top of my head, though. Exactly, like the manic pixie dream girl. I feel like that's like so overused. It's like she's not like other girls, and she's like kind of the male protagonist's like uh, therapist, but at the same time they make it like romantic, and like she she enters the main character's life and she changes it completely because she's not like other girls. I I hate that. I completely hate that. And then. I, I feel like that, like that third one you said, it happens with a lot of things. It's kind of like telling rather than showing. Like I said about like Bella Swan being smart. But you can tell that she makes like the worst decisions ever. <laughs> like she doesn't make any, 
remotely intelligent decisions. Yet the author is telling us again and again that, hey, she's smart, she's smart, she's smart, but never actually showing us. Like that, like the TV show producer, scriptwriter, director, whatever, whoever creates that stuff, like they're, they're like telling us again and again that she eats so much. Oh my gosh, she's, she eats so much stuff. She eats 10 pancakes for breakfast. But she's, they're not showing us, like, that she actually, like, does she have, like, some crazy good metabolism that keeps her that thin? Like, they don't show her, like, actually having the effects of eating unhealthy food, eating, like, way too much unhealthy food. So, yeah, I feel like it just goes along that same line of, like, showing, I mean, telling and not showing. And they need to show and not tell which I feel like is the solution for a lot of these tropes. Definitely. I mean, I haven't really come across many shows that do kind of ring truth for me. One movie that I really liked was To All the Boys I've Loved Before, because I feel like I could relate a lot to the protagonist. I mean, she was nerdy, but we see her studying. And we also, she's awkward, but in a way that's not like shoehorned in like, oh, she's so beautiful. No one cares that she she's awkward. She's like genuinely awkward in a way that just rings of truth for me. Also, she's like really funny and likable. I feel like a lot of the time TV shows try to make their characters relatable just by making them as annoying as possible. Um, like Never Have I Ever or something like that. But somehow she manages to just be relatable without being annoying. So it's really hard to kind of strike that balance. Yeah, exactly. I feel like uh, also, like, she doesn't, like, she always, like, wants to get into Stanford, but she actually doesn't get into Stanford at the end, I believe, which is, like, a really realistic thing. Like, because I feel like, uh, I think it was the kissing booth, like, the the main character, like, she spent all of her time on this, like, romance stuff, you know, going to parties, like, being friends with everyone, and, like, having, like, five million love triangles but then like at the end she gets she gets into stanford and she gets into uc berkeley not stanford yeah stanford stanford and uc berkeley yet we never show like her like doing anything remotely related to like studying like i think she majors in like video game design or something and we see her <laughs> We see her, like, designing a video game once, just, like, literally once. And it's like a trilogy, three movies. Out of three movies, only one time we see that. Then all of a sudden, she gets into Stanford and Hollywood and everything for that. Like, so I feel like that's actually really realistic. Because a lot of people, like, get really good test marks, get really good grades, and, like, like really work hard, but they don't get into their dream college. I feel like that was also, like, really realistic. Exactly. And I feel like some of these majors or what people go on to study are really unrealistic as well. Like, I've never met a person who's majored in, like, video game design. Also, like, literature is another big one. Psychology. Where are, like, the STEM girls? I want to see a movie about a STEM girl. She studied hard. She didn't go to parties. We can have her, like, little drama in her, like, debate club and in school with her teachers. And then I feel like I would be happier seeing her rewarded by being able to go to her dream college. Because these students, they seem to just be able to party through high school and then kind of magically fall into Harvard or some other great college. And we don't see them really working for it, which just feels kind of unrealistic in a way. 
I yeah, feel like, considering yeah. like how hard a lot of people work to get into the dream college and how they don't get into the dream college and how these people just go to parties all day and they do get into the dream college, you know, it's not realistic at all. Yeah, I think the only thing that does seem realistic in some of these shows are like their relationships to the other people, not the romantic ones. The romantic ones are always confusing and also the dialogue is just so cringy. Sometimes I have to like pause the show and take a deep breath like you can do this, Julia, just get to the end of the episode. <laughs> but I feel like with the siblings and with the parents, usually the parents, I feel like these shows do a really good job of portraying like especially Never Have I Ever, like her relationship to her mom is my relationship to my mom. Like, it's loving, we have fights at times, but we come back together, and there's just such a a love in that kind of relationship. And I feel like that's the part that the shows always get right, because I feel like these writers forget what it's like to be a teenager and have to go to school. But what does stick with you is your bonds to your family and your bonds to your siblings. And so that's why they can always write those in a way that feels authentic. I don't know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like Davy's mom is, like, exactly, like, compared to all the romantic relationships in the show, in, like, the show, like, uh, the mother-daughter relationship is just so much better portrayed. Like, it's so much more relatable. Like, if you look at her, like, uh, romantic relationships, she has, like, what, five love interests? (laughs) As of now? (laughs) I don't know. She has, like, a million love interests, and she's, like, crazy in love with every single one of them and i get a love triangle all right but if it's like a love pentagon then i don't think i can handle it because like you're not developing each relationship in a way that seems realistic because it's not realistic to just jump from one boyfriend to another and also like love them like genuinely love them like that and it's really unrealistic for something like that to happen because it's like in almost insta-love. Like, they instantly are in love, then they instantly are out of love, and then she's instantly in love with another guy. And I feel like it's a lot more... Like, they actually portray, like, how the mother-daughter relationship is, like, a roller coaster kind of. Like, how... You know, like, at the beginning, I think... I think in the first season, like, Davy wishes death on her mom. Like, wishes, I wish you had died instead of dad, or something like that. Something along the lines of that. But then, like, in, like, season three and season four, like, she's so close to her mom. Especially when she, like, leaves for some, like, boarding school. Like, she's supposed to leave for some, like, school far away. And, like, she's leaving her mom. And then she actually feels, she actually, like, starts to feel sad. Even though she was hating her mom while she was with her. Like, leaving her, like, made her realize how much she actually loved her. Like, it's so realistic. And I feel, like, I feel like the writers, maybe they, like, draw from their own experiences of family but maybe because they're like old they don't know like how it is to be like a teenager and go back into high school again definitely yeah and going back to the part where like you were saying like where all all the stem girls and like the majors being unrealistic a lot of these movie like movies and tv shows try to like break gender rules and gender norms yet they kind of ingrain this thought that I feel like, I don't know why I've seen that, that, like, girls do, like, English and social studies and all, like, the more soft subjects, and boys do all, are good at all of, like, math and science and all of the harder stuff. Not hard, like, 
STEM subjects. And I feel like they're just perpetuating those stereotypes by making this girl like only interested into English. Because there are girls in the world who like STEM. And they should acknowledge that because it's, uh, they're trying to break these gender norms because I think like, I think it's like the pick me girl. Uh, some, um, most stereotypes of girls, they like hate guys until they meet this like one guy who at first they think is like super obnoxious and they don't like the guy at all. But then when they get with some like crazy convenient coincidence, they like have to get to know the guy and then they actually see, oh, hey, this guy is like a nice guy or whatever. And like a nice romantic guy. So I feel like they, they're supposed to be breaking these stereotypes. But at the same time, they're just perpetuating it by making them small, but small only in these fields. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to be honest, I don't even remember all of Davy's boyfriends. They all have like the same name. They're all like an Ethan or like a Ben or something along those lines. <laughs> they all get jumbled up in my head. But I agree. I feel like these shows, they always talk about having diversity, but then they kind of perpetuate these norms, especially like they'll claim that their show is really racially diverse and then they'll have like one background character be black and that background character will do absolutely nothing even though they could have given a show to that character and they'll be like, look how diverse we are. Look at our diverse cast. Like, to be diverse, you need to, like, showcase, like, um, POC characters doing stuff. You can't just have them there in the background like ornaments. So I definitely agree. These shows always perpetuate the gender norms and these also these racial norms as well. Yeah, exactly. And, like, shows claim to be, like, colorblind, but then, like, if the characters in the show are always mentioning that person's race and like perpetuating these racial stereotypes about like their race. And how is that colorblind then? Like, I think the way to approach a movie and like be like diverse is to treat the diverse characters the same as the white characters. So just pretend that the white characters like don't because they are everyone is a human being everyone has their own different personality and just because of like the skin color or where they come from doesn't make them a different species so poc people do the same thing as white people so like the way that they have white people do actually do stuff and contribute to the plot that just that way you can make Maybe a, a black person do do that, like contribute to the plot and actually mean something in the movie or the TV show. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, this has been such a great conversation, but unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Jordan. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners who make us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. That's www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio, embrace your individuality, achieve your goals, and live your life to the fullest. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. 
Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself.